Hey everyone, it's Heather from the Be Well team, welcoming you to the Be Well podcast. Be Well is designed to address your health and well being in mind, body, and spirit. We hope this podcast encourages moments of personal reflection and inspires you to act on what moves you and calls you to live your best life. So, welcome, and let's dive into today's episode. On today's episode, we're going to talk about being grounded in our higher purpose. This topic feels especially important for our frontline workers when we think about returning to the why of why we do the work that we do. Between the typical stress and pressure of the job, the ongoing struggle to integrate work and non-work life to be harmonious, and the pandemic, it's so important for our spirits that we remember why we entered this field or took this job to begin with and how that relates to our calling and our higher purpose. So we have Cassie Lewis, who is the CNO and quality officer in Hampton Roads, and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast as our guest. So welcome. Thank you. Would you like to go ahead and get us kicked off with a a quick reflection? Absolutely. So one of the ones that I've had saved for a while that I refer back to in meetings pretty regularly, I thought was um, a good uh, reflection to start off the podcast today. So it's Every day, focus on your purpose. Remember why you do what you do. We don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. I love that. You know, before we started this and hit record, I was telling you about the the Joy Just Micro course on higher purpose. And uh, one of the points that they made was that knowing your why helps you get out of bed every morning. Mm -hmm. It helps you through those days where you're just tired and you're just yes. over it, you know? Thanks for sharing that. So Cassie, in thinking about higher purpose, I can't help but to think about, you know, how holding on to this concept can really act as a life raft for us in times of high stress. Um, and, you know, with the ever-present COVID pandemic, um, you know, I, I think that all of our staff, but especially our frontline workers can attest to it's just been incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was stressful before the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, these are, these are hard frontline jobs. Um, there's a quote that I recently heard by Nietzsche that says, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was really good, really relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really impactful. And so we'll get into your why in just a minute, but first I'd love to hear if you can recall where you were on March 13th, 2020, when the world as we knew it shut down. Yeah, it's it's funny you you said that because I think that everyone has those dates in our history where things just stop and you remember exactly what you were doing and nothing that was, you know, overly um, you know, uh, poignant that we were, but I was actually in the car on my way to um, uh, state swim meet that my daughter had actually made the championship team at nine years old. And so we were en route to um, Christiansburg, Virginia. And about halfway there, I got a text from the coach saying the meet was canceled. Everybody was being locked down. It was you know, going to be this huge change. And And I remember having to turn back to my daughter, who at the time, again, was nine and having to tell her that, you know, sorry, but we can't go to this meet that you have worked so hard to qualify for. Um, we're, we're going to be having to turn around and seeing her face and just look of just utter despair and just being sad, you know, as a nine-year-old was just really, really hard. Um, but going back to that now, I just think of 
that was such a small thing in the greater scope of what we had to deal with with the pandemic. But I just remember, I don't think I'll ever forget the look in her face when I told her this was canceled. And then I remember everything else was canceled thereafter and and no one was going out and we were all locked in our houses and, and things really changed that day. But that was kind of where I was that I can remember, you know, to this day. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you were at the time you were not the CNO and quality officer in Hampton Roads, right? What were you doing within the ministry? Yeah, the, at the time I was actually um, the chief quality officer of what we then called our Atlantic Group. So I oversaw all uh, clinical quality for several of our markets across the entire ministry at the time. Um, I primarily live out in the Richmond market and still practice there clinically as a nurse practitioner. Um, and so that was kind of my home base, but I had a, a system level role that allowed me to be in, in the other markets as well. Okay. Wow. And you were a really big part of incident command in the Richmond market, right? Yeah, I actually um, was tapped to lead the incident command in Richmond at the time. Um, I'm not even looking back on it, sure how that happened. I think it was just uh, uh, an act of fate, I guess, um, good, bad, or indifferent. But I was tapped to lead some of the incident command work in um, Richmond and had the uh, pleasure of going through every single day, uh, you know, thinking about what we were going to do next. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's wild. I remember, you know, when March 13th came around and we all thought, oh, it's just going to be two weeks of quarantine mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. It's going to be short lived. And um, I think that was my thought when I agreed to right. the incident command was this is going to be a short lived. I mean, what incident command do you know of in our history, really, that le- that lasts for months and months and months? And, um, you know, that, that was initially my thought is I can do this for a couple of weeks. I can, you know, give everything I've got and and not sleep really for a couple of weeks. But then when it dragged on and on, we're like, wow, this is this is a lot tougher than I ever expected it to be. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it sounds like it was um, it not only rocked, you know, your your family and personal life, mm-hmm. but it rocked your professional mm-hmm. life. You kind of had to pivot and were called to this, you know, new position where you had to lead the charge mm-hmm. and maybe newer ways or different ways than than you were used to. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks for sharing about your experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that a lot of listeners can relate to certain aspects of, you know, just the change that Mm -hmm. we all had to pivot so fast and really, you know, pull out that agility. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And really lean on each other, honestly. But I'd love to hear about week after week when we realized, you know, this is not going anywhere. We're Mm -hmm. we're here for a while. Right. Um, that's, you know, that realization is hard. And there are just there were constant disappointments and constant fears. And it just felt like such rough terrain for Mm -hmm. a really long time and, and still at at times does. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would love to know kind of how you kept yourself going through those really hard low moments. And was returning to your why and your higher purpose helpful in those times? Sure. I think one of the things that I think I would say that kept me going is the fact that so many people had it so much worse than I did. You know, I was at the end of the day, I was blessed to say, you know, I was healthy. I have a family that was healthy. You know, we we had the luxury of being able to stay at home and bring the resources in that we needed to. So when you looked around and saw all of the the despair and the problems that were happening, you know, 
outside of your kind of home life, it made me very grateful for what I had. And I couldn't at the end of the day be upset with, you know, anything because I knew that I was doing okay. And so many people had it worse. But I think the other thing though, you, 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 have to practice that act of, of gratitude about what you have, but then really thinking back to the the higher purpose that we're talking about now and the why. And, and so much of my nursing career has, has really focused around the patient. And I mean, it's invo- evolved over the years, but at the end of the day, really the patients and the communities that we serve is really why I got into nursing. It's why I do what I do every single day. But where I think it evolved during the, the COVID pandemic is really my why was not only about the patients and the families, but how do we protect and take care of our staff, you know, and our, and how important that staff were for us, you know, they're our family, they're our team members. And we were watching them go through this really trying time where they didn't know what to expect. You know, many times they, they, they were being put in situations where we knew it was not going to be the safest of situations, or we couldn't get them the supplies that they needed and they did it anyway. And so that really kind of transformed as not only it's about the patients, but about our staff and how do we take care of them? And, you know, how do I do what's best every day for them to put them and give them the best chance of success and and make sure that they feel valued and they're taken care of so they can go home to their families at night. So, you know, while I, I, it just has evolved, I think, over time, and I think it's given me a better center and purpose in my day-to-day life now is because I, I really feel like it's all one, you know, it's not just the patients, it's not just the communities, it's not just the staff, but it's how all three of those are integrated and and what our role is in nursing, especially to be able to take care of all of those to bring that, you know, compassion and healing and um, just love really in, in our everyday work that we, we do. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, it's important to point out that higher purpose and really, Finding what our why is rooted in typically means looking outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about us and what gain we can get from whatever it is that we're doing. You know, it's, it's about the collective community, Mm -hmm. whatever your, wherever your higher purpose is grounded in. Um, It generally has nothing to do with your benefit, right? Right. It, it doesn't, I mean, it really has to. And, and I think that's what you go, you go all the way back. You know, I've been a nurse now for um, close to 20 years and you go all the way back in time to why you went to nursing school to begin with. And it was never about really money or or self-preservation or regret, you know, self-fulfilling, but it was really, I had a calling to take care of people and to really to, to take care of them in their most vulnerable times. And I think that's just only expanded over time to think about things at a more macro level versus a more micro level. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've kind of entered into this place in the pandemic where it's not the calm after the storm, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it feels a little bit more manageable, right? Like we right. all are familiar with what this thing is and for the most part, how to deal with it you know, how to manage it. And just from what I've heard, I think people are a little tired of talking about like, we need to process this because Mm -hmm. they they were like, no, we have processed it. And now we just need to keep going. Right. So in that, in this time of just keep going, Mm -hmm. um, how have you seen yourself needing to intentionally return to the why and what your higher purpose is grounded in? 
Yeah, I think that if you think back to the beginning months of the pandemic, you saw all the signs of healthcare heroes. You saw people bringing food and gifts and all of these things to our our facilities to take care of the healthcare workers. And while it was so appreciated and still is appreciated to this day, you know, I think people are tired of that and now they're they're ready to move on and they they figured out how to deal with it and they they're just trying to figure out what the next step is. And so as a leader in this organization now, what I've had to really, especially in this role, talk to the nurses about, talk to the staff at the facilities about is where our vision is to get us forward. You know, what are, you know, it's not ever going to return, I don't think, to the way it was pre-pandemic timeframe. So I think it's incumbent upon us as the leadership team to get us moving forward and to say, this was a really hard time for us. We stepped up. We saw some of the best displays of compassion and vulnerability and um, and kindness and caregiving that we will ever see. But now we've got to figure out what our life is going to look like next. And that, again, it goes back to the center of everything we do, right? It's the patients, it's the communities, and each, each it's each other. you know. And so that's really is how are we going to get our staff back to feeling like they're appreciated, like they they have the tools that they need to be successful and that they have the staff around them to be successful because we know that we're in a, a challenging time with our nursing, um, our nursing uh, staffing crisis that we're in. Right. So it's really all about putting it into perspective and creating the vision for which we have to move forward and keeping that why right there at the center, because that's how I've created the vision that we've been talking about here in this market is we know what happened let's figure out how we're going to move forward and we've got to do it together to be able to get to where we're going. And if we don't take care of each other, we're never going to get to where we're going to get out of this kind of rut that we've been in for a long time. I think that's what's really helped us create more of a, um, a sustainment and fulfillment in our teams to this day is, is having that vision about where we're going. And we can't do it alone. We have to have mm-hmm. each other, you know, yep. we have to link arms and pick each other up when it's a hard day yep. and say, nope, we got to keep going. And here's yep, for sure. Why. Yeah. In light of all of that, have there been any specific resources, whether it's within the ministry or maybe, you know, it's outside of the ministry that you've found that have been personally helpful just to mm-hmm. help you through your journey? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, the one of my biggest resources has been my colleagues, you know, my, my team, the teams around me and the staff. I mean, I have never seen just um, such displays of leadership and just stepping up to the plate as I have in the last couple of years where people who, um, you know, immerse themselves in everything that they could learn about how to treat this. I mean, people, infection prevention, who really had to work, I mean, 24 hours a day to be able to figure out what we were going to do next. And they became really my resource watching everybody take pieces of this very big, problem that we were facing and and figure out how we were going to move us forward. So I would say my colleagues and leaning on each other has been a huge resource for me, both professionally as well as personally, because I also think that we have a relationship to where it's very relatable. And so they understand what um, I'm going through. I understand what they're going through. We're all tired, but we're all in this for the same reason. And it's to get us moving forward. Um, I would say through our organization, though, we're very fortunate here to be faith-based in this um, healthcare system. And I'd be remiss to not say that during some of the hardest times, leaning on the daily, you know, the daily huddles that we do where we have prayer, you know, being able to stop and, and have a colleague just stop and pray with you because you need to have, 
you know, you see someone hurting in the hall or you see someone crying or just having this look on their face where they just need someone. So I, I think above above all, the faith-based organization that we are has been a resource in and of itself because of that spiritual presence that's in everything we do from, like I said, prayers at the beginnings of meetings, um, being able to pause and reflect and 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 then, uh, you know, the additional resources that we've put in place in the last couple of years through um, we have the platform, the Be Well platform. We've got meditations on there and deep breathing exercises and things like that. And, and I've done those many times where I've just needed to pause, where I feel myself escalating and anxious and not knowing where, you know, I just need something to bring me down. And I've gone on there and done some of the, the couple minute meditations or deep breathing and just paused. And having those pauses has been really helpful. Where If I'm at my computer, I can quickly just hit my favorite bookmark to it. It links me right there. And I, I can do it really quick versus going out, going to, you know, finding some place to go. I can do it right then and there in front of my computer, even if I want to. So it's all of those things that I think combined have got me through in in different spaces of of where I've been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that those are all so important and just critical mm-hmm. to carry us through the really hard times, community, faith, and, and then the tangible resources that we have at our fingertips. Right. Um, to add to just some of those, those resources um, on the well and within our well-being sphere, I think that I've heard from other nurses, they've said, sometimes when I get a bathroom break, I will plug in my headphones and I'll listen mm-hmm. to a meditation mm-hmm. while I'm like in the bathroom and I'll just take a couple extra minutes to myself and that's my time to just recenter, refocus, regroup, and then I can go about the rest of my day. And I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's, that is amazing. Just integrate it into wherever, whatever little spaces you can find throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we mentioned the Joyages higher purpose. It's a, it's a little micro course. It's about 20 minutes in total, but you can break it up into the smaller video chunks mm-hmm. that they have. Um, I think that uh, a resource that a lot of folks don't know about and is underutilized is our Be Well Human Performance Coaches. Mm-hmm. This is free coaching and you can set up a coaching session and you can talk about, I, I got to figure out what my higher purpose is. I got to figure out what my why is, because if I don't, this is just going to continue to be a struggle. And so I think that those are just amazing resources that we have in addition to mm-hmm. what you mentioned. For sure. Well, I so appreciate your time and just your willingness to share your story mm-hmm. and um, things that you've learned and share your wisdom. So thank you so much, Cassie. It's been really great. Thank you. I appreciate the time and, and being offered the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Be Well podcast. Remember, you can log into your Be Well account from home, work, or by using the Aduro app found on the Google Play Store or in the App Store. Visit bsmhbewell.com to access human performance coaching, well-being challenges, Be Well Live virtual events, and the most up-to-date information on program requirements and deadlines. For questions and technical assistance, reach out to the Be Well support team at 855-376-6474, weekdays 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks and be well. The information presented in this podcast is strictly informational and not intended to be used for or interpreted as medical advice.
Always consult your physician before making changes.